Hello, hello, world. Hello, everyone. We are back with another great episode for you. This week's episode is titled, I'm Moving to NYC. What do I do? <laughs> what do you do? Lord have mercy. So much to do. <laughs> and you're here with Lindawi Davis, aka I moved to New York with only three bags, and that is not money bags. <laughs> And you're here with Alicia Key, a.k.a. I moved to New York in seven days. Oh, seven days. Long. I Literally. 2012 was a crazy year. <laughs> was 2012 crazy year. was one for the books. I mean, literally. <laughs> one week. I, I flew up here, stayed in a hotel, moved in in one week. But... <laughs> Well, today we're talking about how moving to New York is life-changing, but worthwhile in the end when you reflect upon where you started and where you are now. And where we are now is so different, of course, 2012 again to 2020. That's about eight years going into nine years. And in this ninth year that we're going into, we're still in the middle of COVID-19. Yes, we are. Obviously, you know, COVID-19 has impacted everything, but especially the process of moving. So it's a completely different ball game. You know, there are a lot more precautions that you want to take and, you know, just to be safe out there. Absolutely. Absolutely. But before we jump into some of the amazing gems that we're going to share with you all today, let's head on over to our fake ad segment. When moving to New York City, there are a number of resources available for you. A few, Street Easy, Apartment Finders, Apartments.com, Zillow, and Realtor.com. These are just a few of the many platforms that you can utilize when planning to move to New York or New Jersey. The key is to always be searching and always have a few options in mind um, with these platforms. Never just go with just one platform. Always be moving around, checking prices, and just make sure you're constantly on so that you're able to see what's out there, what's being rented quickly because apartments are moving fast. So that brings us to our first segment here where we're just simply kind of diving into our individual stories and the biggest thing and you tell me if this was something for you but the biggest factor for me back in 2012 or more specifically 2011 was figuring out you know you have to understand like what your motivation is are you moving for a job is it because of school is there something going on as far as a family or life change or is it just you realizing that you're supposed to be in another state but for me it was so many of those things plus the fact that i knew that i was supposed to be in new york so i had to have a pretty strong plan put together and the the truth of the matter is that carrie bradshaw reference that we made is facts big facts because i was not moving here (laughs) with some massive uh bank account or or, uh, you know, resources where they were just kind of falling out of the sky. No, I had to take everything I had at the time, savings and anything else I had access to and compile it into one space because I knew that that first 18 months was not going to be, it was going to be a hell of a ride, especially on top of getting into an NYU master's program on top of that, you know, 
Oh, and one other thing, I moved out here without a job, which is not my personality, but talk to us about a plan, like how important is it to have a plan? And there's some differences between you and I in this space as well, just because you were coming directly from school, correct? Absolutely. So just to kind of give a little background and reference that Carrie Bradshaw quote, look, everyone, I cannot stress this enough (laughs) that When you are thinking about moving to New York City, you are not going to live like Carrie Bradshaw. It's just not going to happen. No, no, there are no no Manolos. That first day you were not going to buy Manolos. That's not happening. I mean, don't get me wrong. You could save to buy some Manolos. Like if you're a person that's, you know, what the average quote unquote person is doing when they're leaving a life that they already had in another state to start a new life. You need every single dollar you can get to make that move and to really plan out those next few months because those next six to 12 months, whoo, it's going to be a hell of a ride, especially if you're doing it by yourself. Exactly. It's definitely a hell of a ride. For me, moving up here was pretty strategic because I had just graduated from college. I got into NYU's master's program. So in a sense, it was a life change, but it was also a continuation of education. So it was the next logical step for me to move out here. Obviously, I got into a couple schools. I chose NYU because obviously, Um, but... But I wanted to get into the media field, which I don't know if that says something about me, um, because we all know the in, the just chaos of being in the media field. Absolutely. But yeah, I wanted to be in media. I wanted to work in magazines. I I had no allusions to the Carrie Bradshaw life, but I honestly, <laughs> you know, I I did not envision it like that because. Let's, I'm a black woman in America. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. There's some realities that are attached to that, obviously. But tell us, where did you move from? Like, let people know where you moved from. So for me, I moved from, I went to college, Georgia born and raised, and I grew up in a small town. I knew I was going to a city. I didn't know what city until I ended up getting into this grad school program. New York City, it just, it was logical. It was the next step. I wanted to be in media. So, you know, there was really no choice in the matter. But in terms of planning, Mm -hmm. I could have planned a bit better. Um, Obviously, I had my mom is, definitely my rock, my mom and my family. So moving up here, I'd already had an apartment in Georgia um, in undergrad. So I had furniture, I had all the things. So basically our plan was just to come up here, me and my mom, we flew up here, got a hotel for the week, decided, look, this is the week, just go apartment hunt, get something, sign it, we'll get you in. My dad and my brother drove my uh, furniture up here and that Come on with the tag was team. going to be it. <laughs> I mean, that that was going to be it. And it worked out. It didn't exactly work out in that way, which brings me to the idea of what you need when mm-hmm. you're coming up here to New York. Because yes. I was not completely prepared. I, I was getting there. I was doing research, you know, up here. 
NYU had a housing portal, you know, anybody who comes up here for school, you have housing portals. Obviously, there are some school options. Clearly, I didn't get a school option. Clearly, you didn't get a school option. (laughs) No, first of all, I didn't get a school option in any way, shape, or form. And quite honestly, when I was making the move, like I knew back in 2011 that I was going to be moving to New York, right? In fact, January 2011, I told a friend of mine that um, I'm going to get to New York whether I get into a master's program at NYU or I end up with a job. But either way you cut it, I was going to be leaving Arizona. I'm not from Arizona, but that's where I was and had been for a long time, working in the financial industry full time, you know, had a house, car, all of those things that you work super hard for. But the truth of the matter is, for 20 years at that time, back in 2011, I knew that I was supposed to be in New York. And so I had to figure out a way. And so NYU had been my dream school 20 years earlier and uh, applied and got in. And so I literally had about six months to figure out how to get there in January. And uh, a little tidbit here, I originally got in for that spring semester of, oh, I'm sorry, the fall semester of 2011, but I bypassed that to do spring semester of uh, January 2012 because it wouldn't have been enough time. But that also brings up such a great point around um, the money and planning aspect, right? Because For me, again, I wasn't just getting out of school. I had already had built up a life, a foundation, et cetera, et cetera. And I was going to be giving all of that up. So I had to figure out what to do with the house. I sold and gave away everything, just about everything that I had, sold my car. And there's a lot of other things that happened in between that time that we don't have time to get into. But Exactly. And And then for me, obviously, I was a recent graduate. So obviously I, you know, I had a job on campus, worked in the Mm -hmm. library, but I did not have New York money at the end. (laughs) (laughs) I did not have New York money. I did have my mom, you know, to help me out, but Mm -hmm. even still, just everyone prepare yourself that you need money because when you move to New York, the stakes are different. And let me lay, exactly, let me lay down a few bullet points for you guys when you are moving up here in terms of how much of your savings you'll need in the first year. As a renter, you yourself, you yourself, person with or without a job, preferably with a job, you (laughs) because you need to make 40 times the rent and that is 40 okay let me repeat that four (laughs) zero take that 40 and times it by what you make and let's see what the number is when you have that number (laughs) then you can break down a budget sheet for yourself (laughs) exactly so that means okay you know you're moving to new york If you're looking to rent a room or if you're looking to rent by yourself, let's say you find, you know, a room for $800. Okay, that's fair. $800. Mm -hmm. Now, 40 times eight. (laughs) (laughs) We're in math class. Go ahead. Lord have mercy. (laughs) But yes, I'm like. Do the math on that. Do the math on that, people. Yes, do the math. (laughs) Now that is, you know, 
$32,000, which, you know, it's fine. But also remember that your check that is getting taxed and everything Mm. else. But at the end of the day, the point is you've got to, you may see a place that you think is so beautiful, but before you jump, you got to make sure your numbers are in order, which is the point that we're making. You got to make sure that you've done the math. Exactly. In fact, in fact, get get yourself a budget sheet. There are templates all over the internet that you can pull up and use. (laughs) Please do. Because again, just in going back, okay, 40 times the rent. So Mm -hmm. you found a place that's a thousand dollars. Okay. That means you need to make $40,000 already mm-hmm. uh, upon signing a lease before yeah. you can even be looked at to be approved for this apartment. Mm. Okay. And that doesn't even include the deposit. You haven't even done, you haven't even added in a deposit yet, right? No. Deposit that could be <laughs> a month or a month and a half, or it could be two months. And in some circumstances, it may be three. Exactly. All right, especially if I'm I'm not even gonna go, gonna go there. Um, <laughs> I ain't gonna blow up nobody's spot. Okay. <laughs> no, I'm not even gonna. I'm not flashbacks. Get a budget sheet because mm. okay, and a thousand dollar room in a nice neighborhood. You know, mm-hmm. maybe Manhattan, maybe Brooklyn. Mm. Like that's a thousand dollars over twelve months. That's twelve thousand dollars. Right. Here we go. That's more than a fourth of your income for the year. Right. But on on top of that, I think the thing that um, always speaks to me when it comes to running numbers in any situation, no matter what your salary is for the year, you got to figure out what your livable allowance is, right? So a livable allowance are the needs of you maintaining your house. Meaning if you're going to be paying $12,000 in rent, that's just the rent. You haven't even thought about the utilities, which is part of a livable allowance. You even thought about your grocery bill for the month. That's also part of a livable allowance. And what's also, the one thing that you need in New York when it comes to transportation? A metro card, which mm. will cost you a good, I don't even know what they're up to right now. You know, it was a good <laughs> 120 for an unlimited before <laughs> We all went on lockdown. I don't know what it's going to cost now. We have no idea. But ultimately, you've got to consider those factors as part of your livable allowance when you're filling out that budget sheet. That does not mean that you're looking at those Jordans that are getting ready to come out on Saturday or that Balenciaga bag that looks super cute. That's not a part of a livable allowance. In fact, that's that those extras. Those are called extras that you put at the end. of your budget when you're trying to get yourself (laughs) speaking (laughs) of extras don't forget the ask dentals and the accidentals Mm. okay the ask a dentals if y'all just made that up go ahead oh no that was that was cosby show (laughs) remember that was theo All, all the all the things that you want, like you know, those eating out, those eating out expenses, those museums, those pop up shops and mm-hmm. brunches. Yeah, those are those are uh, extras. 
Those, 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 those are, are sexy extras. extras. That's what I call them, <laughs> sexy extras. <laughs> That's that silk gown that you walk around with at nighttime that is just for you. But uh, no, you can't afford it. So you got to take it off, put it back in the drawer. <laughs> and, and those accidentals uh, where, I don't know, you might have been late on a payment. You might have forgot mm. that last month you charged brunch on your credit card and right. three of your friends forgot to pay you back. <laughs> and the interest has accrued for the month. Oh, so, I mean, or one of your it. loans fell through for student loans, and oh, all of a gosh. sudden now you owe a, an extra two thousand dollars. Oh lord, that's another flashback I'm having right now. That's a that's an episode that we have to dig into probably next season um, with some folks because that right there could change your whole attitude towards how you even made it to a metro city, a metropolitan city like New York. Uh, but Ooh, don't even get me started on the financial aid office. Okay. No, no, no. Let's Flashback. not go down that road. Let's not go down that road. So when we're talking about budget, you kind of have to look in like your search section, right? So like what neighborhood or do you want to be in, right? Because in New York, there's so many amazing neighborhoods, so many amazing cohorts of space, whether it's within Brooklyn, whether it's in Harlem, whether you decide to go to the Bronx, you know, whether you want to be in Queens or Staten Island, there are all amazing neighborhoods in those boroughs that you could, you know, decide to check into, but you just have to figure out what works for you on top of whether you want to have a roommate. Exactly. And all of those different boroughs, who there is a different price standard for everywhere that you look. Oh, and- standard. And that's, that standard is really going to be that determining factor on whether or not you can afford to live alone or whether or not mm-hmm. you need, need a roommate. Right, right. Which then takes us to this next point around how do you want to look for that place of whether, you know, you want a roommate or not and or what neighborhood. This is where these three key things come into place of a broker taking a look at listings, and where are you finding some of these applications and use of apps on your phone? Like what kinds of tools are you using to find and track down these neighborhoods and or having a roommate, a broker? Gosh. Now, I think we're probably going to have a little bit of therapy on here uh, because the flashbacks are coming to me. I, when I moved up here in seven days, obviously, I, I did not have the know-how. I did not have, you know, the knowledge of what to do that I now have. So yeah. I went the broker route. I found a broker. We talked. I gave him, you know, I we figured out all these things. I gave him my livable allowance, what yeah. my budget was, what I was looking for. Everything spelled out. Okay. Now, tell me why. <laughs> Anytime somebody starts with, tell me why. Yes. Tell me why up here, day Mm -hmm. one, we're looking at apartments. He's taking me to these apartments in Chelsea, in Manhattan. Mm -hmm. And for those who don't know, Chelsea is a neighborhood in Manhattan. Super cute. Super (laughs) cute and all that. And super not in my budget. Right. (laughs) 
<laughs> like obviously, it's always clearly, as, ways to keep <laughs> as a student, as someone oh, who just graduated undergrad at the time, mm-hmm. at the time, and was looking for a place, and you took me like right in the prime heart of Chelsea. And where telling me these dreams. (laughs) Yes. Which I told this man, this is what I have Mm. to work with. This is the money that I have. This is my budget for the year on what I can spend in rent. Tell me why. One of the first apartments he showed me was like this twenty four hundred dollar a month room in an apartment Mm. in Chelsea. No, no, sir. No, sir. Absolutely not. That was absolutely not going to work for me. <laughs> On so many levels. Regardless, so of the fact, many. regardless of the fact that you, you were a student at the time, who the hell? There's not enough nostalgia in New York for anyone to be paying $2,400 for a room. No, I don't think so. Nope. Hashtag like, nope. <laughs> absolutely not. Like, he really thought that I was up here on the Carrie Bradshaw life because (laughs) it didn't stop there. I saw multiple apartments. So we went from Chelsea, Mm -hmm. then we went um, to a couple of spots in Harlem, Mm. all in that like $1,800, (laughs) $2,000. We went to the Upper West Side, like another... (laughs) like $2,400 studio. And it, it was just, I understand. I'm not Carrie Bradshaw. Mm-hmm. No. <laughs> and I told you before this, I didn't have Carrie Bradshaw money. Right. Uh, right. I mean, there's so many things to consider, right? Like, especially with just trying to get settled, right? After you go through this rigmarole of, of working with a broker possibly, or even doing it on your own, all you want to do is just get yourself into a comfortable place because you're trying to restart your life. As we said at the top of the hour and, and throughout many of the episodes is that a lot of times when you're moving to a major city, you're doing it because you're getting ready to change your life or you're getting ready to do something that you've always wanted to do or you're getting ready to shift into that next level of education, which still leads you into changing your life. So after you decide upon your neighborhood and maybe you are finally with a broker who is reputable, right? And then you figure out, oh, I'm going to room with someone or I'm going solo. What were some of those finalized things for you, like Alicia, that you kind of took into account before you signed that first agreement? Well, first off, you have to realize my story of moving here is different than the story I've had now. Mm -hmm. Now, I've moved about four or five times now. <laughs> okay. Across the past eight to nine years, yes. <laughs> uh, yes, across these past eight to nine years, I've moved, you know, about four times. <laughs> now, that first move was chaotic in the sense that, you know, I talked to a realtor or a broker. We were on the same page when we were talking over the phone. Mm -hmm. When I got here, we were on two different planets. (laughs) Two different realms. (laughs) We were in two different realms of existence. Okay. Now, my story is chaotic. I only had seven days. Mm. I had, you know, my dad and my brother were coming up here with my stuff. 
right. you know, in a couple of days. I only had a few days to literally find a place. Wow. Now I'm coming up here as a student, which another thing we didn't talk about is guarantors mm-hmm. or, you know, your parent, your co-signer, if you don't have a job yet. Now the goal is always to get a job, Please. but I didn't, I didn't have the job yet. I had, you know, classes that were going to start the next Monday. I had an internship that was going to start the next Monday and I had no place to live <laughs> and I had seven days to get a place to live. So we went, you know, with this for a day, went with this broker. He showed me all these places outside of my budget, all these different neighborhoods and nothing, nothing was in my price range. Nothing was going to work out. Right. It was, we had like, it was so just, he went off the rails. Another broker at this company kind of like saw what was happening and Mm -hmm. she stepped in and she was a godsend Mm. so she kind of stepped in because we like went to the company went back to like their offices we're gonna talk because clearly like you have just shown me everything that I did not want to see right like this isn't even like you know on HGTV uh which I love watching Uh, You know, like when you're on like property virgins or like house hunters where they'll like show you a house that's so far out of your budget to do like a reality check. Right. Like I'd already had my reality check before here. I I was like, that's what we're doing. I'm trying to get into this apartment. Yeah. But in general, it was just like he had, honestly, I feel like he had no interest in helping me. Mm. So Mm -hmm. this other broker, she stepped in. She showed me a couple of places that same day, still outside of my budget. Right. But she also showed me one that was a little less outside of my budget and still more money than I wanted to pay for. But, you know, with my mom being here, us going and ripping and running across Manhattan, uh, Harlem especially, she showed me a great spot in Harlem. It was above my budget. Of course. But the apartment was nice. It was safe. It was a place where I knew my mom would be comfortable leaving me. So (laughs) we ended up signing there. And even then that had to have some finessing, like some crocodile tears had to come out to get this lease signed. Right. Because again, when you're already outside of your budget and you don't have a job your guarantor has to make 80 times the rent let's say this you know this pricing was you know way beyond what I thought I was going to pay so yeah you know which is outside of that scope but eventually like they I think that honestly they just took pity on us and just let me have the apartment (laughs) like I said like it was just a whirlwind of emotions, just one broker, like going off the rails, other broker helpful, but also depending on, you know, inventory and 2012, it was a different time. Right. Like apartments were high, like the, uh, they're still high, but even, even now, like the market is, you know, a little unstable-ish because of everything going on with the pandemic but 2012 like everything was booming people were charging everything ridiculous for just renting a room Mm -hmm. 
So I ended up in, you know, this studio, which is like a typical studio price. And I'm out here. My parents are from Georgia. Obviously, salaries are different, but, you know, we had shed some crocodile tears to get this apartment. But I got it. And I had a place to stay. So to wrap this portion up here, some of the things that, you know, we just want to call out Particularly in my case, I, you know, I moved to New York. I was living in an apart, a, a hotel actually, uh, for the first six weeks, and it was super hard to find anything. I also had resigned from my job in financial in the financial industry because the, the the bank that I worked for didn't want to transfer my role over to be remote, even though other people were working remotely doing the same job that I was doing. That's a conversation for another day. Nonetheless, what occurred to me at that time is that I had to remember to be as fearless as possible in the search for a place. And where I ended up landing was with a family friend um, who had a room available in Shoots Head Bay, Brooklyn. But as I said, I was in a hotel for the first six weeks. And then after my stay there, that's when I really started to kick in with my search and figuring out where exactly I had to be and could be. But at the end of the day, you just have to kind of follow your gut on these things. And that kind of leads us into the fun tip of the day. Exactly. As, as you can tell from my experience, I am a big proponent of don't fall for the okie doke guy. <laughs> please don't. don't do that. <laughs> please don't. Now, there are a few things in terms of trusting your gut, but we're going to go ahead and lay out and school you about one apartment trick, <laughs> foolery. Right. Uh, Talk to us about this first you, one. <laughs> that, that you may see when looking at apartments. Now, if you see an ad that says flex one bedroom, flex anything, run. <laughs> Run. Break, break out into an actual jog and then sprint, right? Exactly. <laughs> Don't even waste your time, your energy, because I'll tell you what a flex is. A flex <laughs> is, it's a flex one bedroom is not real. Ooh. All right. Mm-hmm. It is basically a railroad style apartment. And for mm-hmm. those of you that don't know, railroad railroad style apartments are apartments where you have to walk through other rooms to get through to other rooms think of it as a straight line apartment there is no uh there's nothing uh, revealing about the styling or format of the apartment it's literally you walk in the front door and you have to walk a straight line to get all the way to the back of the apartment which means that you have to go through one bedroom to get to the kitchen the kitchen door then leads you to the next bedroom. That bedroom may lead you to the only bathroom in the apartment when it comes to railroad style. Don't do that. Exactly. Don't do that because for most of you, if you're moving up here, you are moving up here with strangers, meaning that you have no protection when strangers are walking through your bedroom at any point in time in the day or night to go to the bathroom because your bedroom (laughs) is the last bedroom before you get to the bathroom or go to the kitchen or, you know, and not only those strangers that you may live with, but the strangers that they also invite in as their guests. (laughs) Now, 
So now you just got a cohort of people inside this railroad style apartment. And every time you think you're getting ready to take a nap, there could be a person interrupting your nap, crunching on popcorn as they're walking through your room, or, oh, I don't know, dropping crumbs, breadcrumbs, because they're eating a piece mm -hmm. of toast as they're leaving the kitchen. Just leaving tracks, not taking off their shoes <laughs> in your space, and leaving dirt and whatever came <laughs> off the concrete on your floor. Ah, the point is, just be a bit more prescriptive about what you really need and what those attributes of that apartment are for you and how that's going to affect and or play out in your life. You had a quick story, didn't you, about uh, railroad style apartments? Oh, goodness. Yes. So this was not on my initial move to New York, but at the time, a friend of mine and I, we were looking at different apartments. I was getting you know, ready to move. This was from that first Harlem apartment. Wish I could have stayed in Harlem. Love Harlem. Yeah, Harlem yeah. is so expensive. Yes, it is. <laughs> but yeah, so me and my friend, we were looking for apartments. We were looking in East Harlem. And now when we were looking in East Harlem, this was back in like 2014, 2015. Not, not the East Harlem of 2020. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. we're getting off the subway we literally just ran into a bad omen and should have just turned around <laughs> so got off the subway walked you know the direction of where this apartment was literally i think like a block before we get to the apartment we see like some dead rats mm. on the sidewalk mm -mm. bad omen bad omen already die number one get to the apartment the apartment is just what we were talking about the apartment was a flex style apartment oh my. which was not listed in the listing mm. mind you so again people trying to get you with the okie doke right okay. right nice apartment mm. good size apartment good bedrooms everything even had a little backyard patio with you know some greenery could sit out and oh, you okay. know just super cute okay. super cute but again that whole idea of just walking through two bedrooms just to get to the bathroom because yes that was exactly this apartment you walk in there's the kitchen and the living room and then it was the three bedrooms in the railroad style, just straight back. And mm. the bathroom was straight back. Oh no, that's a double no. It's a double like, no. No. It's only one bathroom per three people. Oh no. <laughs> Which is a typical thing in New York, but in terms of a flex style apartment, no, no, no. <laughs> and to clarify here, you know, you could have a railroad style apartment that's also listed as flex. But if something is specifically listed, listed as a flex style apartment, what they're trying to tell you is that you could essentially put up an invisible wall to create another room. So for example, if the apartment has a living room and maybe the living room is quote unquote massive, you'll see this word quite a bit in some listings. Maybe the living room is massive. You'll hear and or hear from the broker and or see in the description that it says something like, yes, living room could be broken into two rooms it's a flex style apartment um again these kinds of buzzwords 
you need to investigate those things a bit further. And I have a story here yeah. for you. I was just going to jump in real quick here. Also, just be mindful that some t- every once in a while, because that apartment did not have any of that language. Okay. Oh, I didn't have any of the language. (laughs) Oh, any of the language. So when you're searching, also be very careful when you're searching for rooms in general, because you may not know what this room looks like until you get there. So we were apartment hunting together, but obviously there were only two of us. If we could have found a two bedroom, great. But, you know, it's a bit easier to just look for two rooms in the same apartment mm-hmm. again the, mm-hmm. these room listings you have to really just kind of dive into that language and pay attention to any and everything because again even with the whole flex idea we definitely saw a couple of those apartments too massive living room great bedroom <laughs> second bedroom is literally a closet <laughs> Now, (laughs) but now that brings us to you because I know you also loved Harlem, but you Um, had a very interesting introduction. Dear sweet Harlem, I had a great introduction, great introduction because I just love the area, but the broker, I took a leap of faith and, and worked with a broker for while I was staying with the family friend, I was like, you know, it's time for me to get out of here, shift, etc. So decided to work with a broker. The broker specifically asked me, oh, do you like to cook? Do you know, where in Harlem do you want to live? Is it just you? You know, commonsensical things. But this fool, when he asked me if I like to cook, I thought he was making reference to the fact that the apartment was going to have a kitchen. Now, I get to the (laughs) kitchen. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, that would be a general response. Right. That there would be a kitchen. Um, I mean, people ask me if I like to cook all the time, and it's like, of course I do, you know, it's a thing. This guy shows up to the apartment, right? I meet him there. He takes me down an alleyway. Let's stop right there. That that should have been my first time that we were walking down an alley of any kind. Oh gosh, that was your first omen? That was your first omen? (laughs) That was the first omen. The second thing is he was dressed. Which I get it, you're a professional, and he was dressed, dressed, right? Like he was super confident in what it is that he was going to present to me. Oh, yeah. Suit, tie, (laughs) dress shoes, all that. His little bill and everything. And so he opens the door of the apartment, and it's that feeling of like you walk into a room, and you immediately want to back out of the room with the key still in the door. (laughs) Ooh. (laughs) And so I walk in, and I'm looking around, and I'm like, this does not look like anything the description described, starting with the fact that there was no kitchen at all. There was no kitchen, Mm-mm. no refrigerator, just a, a beautiful, small hot plate. And so, <laughs> so... Oh, no. Oh, no. See, that, that's also something to pay attention to in these listings as well. Now, oh, if they tell you that there is a cooking space and there's only a hot plate there that's not a cooking space people that is literally a 
an appliance of sorts, a piece of equipment, but not an actual kitchen. And he turns and looks at me. I never forget it. I walked in behind him and I'm just like, what is happening here? Is it still under construction? Is this some sort of punked show that I'm on? Are we rehearsing some sort of scene from a movie that I didn't know that I was in the movie? What is Where, is Where, Where is Ashton? Where is Ashton? Where is he? And this guy turns to me and says, what do you think? With a straight face. And I'm in my mind, I'm like, do you really want to know what I think? I don't condone, condone violence, but I wanted to punch this dude in his throat. <laughs> that was all in my mind, people. Again, I don't condone violence. But in my mind, I was thinking, I should punch this guy in his throat. Um, because he confidently just asked me what I thought after previously asking me if I like to cook, only for me to find out that there was no kitchen. And then the apartment had the nerve to have two floating cabinets, but no kitchen. (laughs) So basically, let me guess, you're here, you're in this small as I don't know what. Was it a studio? Girl, listen, it as a, a, uh, I think it was a studio, as a matter of fact, if I remember correctly. And the square footage was also off. He's like, yes, this is a spacious, you know, 500 square foot studio. And I'm thinking, actually, this is probably about 400. And I had to let him know and remind him, listen, I used to own a house on the West Coast. I know what square footage looks like. This ain't it. Don't you know I exactly. walked up out of there? Walked right on out of there. <laughs> Like, look, it might have been 500 with the hallway included. Right. Now, <laughs> with the see hallway. those adjectives. <laughs> and the air see those... might have been an additional airspace. Because in New York, that's a thing. Like, buildings have air rights. If you buy something out here in New mm-hmm. York, you get the rights. To the, the You can also buy air rights. But uh, no, that wasn't the situation. The situation here was BS across the board from start to finish. Mm-hmm. That's just... <laughs> Sometimes, as you know, I mean, not all brokers are going to hit you with some tomfoolery, but some of them will. Mm. And some will do it, like you said, with a straight face. He was confident. Now, Mm. he was real confident and slick to ask Mm. you if you like to cook and then turn around and have a hot plate and two floating cabinets and 350 foot of space. (laughs) (laughs) How am I going to make my muffins if there's no stove? How in hell am I making any any cake? I mean, I'm sure it's possible. I'm sure there's some YouTube video out there somewhere on how to bake on a hot plate. But at the time in 2013, it was a double no for me. It was a double no. And I'm also guessing that the price for this little 350, 400 foot of space studio with a hot plate and possibly 100 feet of space in air, right? Was Girl, spacious. It was, uh, was, <laughs> was probably a, a Harlem price for yeah. 2013. Yeah. Because I love Harlem. Harlem is not cheap. The thing that I learned, right, because of all of these things that we're telling you all, there's so many wonderful lessons that we get to pull from these things. But I think that the great thing about understanding who you are as a person, you start to feel like, hmm, I'm a pretty smart person. I'm in tune with myself. 
I'm adaptable to situations. Now, I had not had a roommate in over a decade at that time, back in 2012, 2013, and found myself, you know, shifting towards having a roommate once I moved to New York. And so I had to adjust and to humble myself. Once I finally did land an apartment that ended up being in Brooklyn, Bay Ridge to be exact. I also remembered that I, you know, I have a tendency to successfully make moves even in the face of fear because being in New York or any metropolitan major city, there's a lot of intimidation in that, especially when you're making moves by yourself. Your level of confidence, I hope, you know, increases with these experiences. I know that mine did, but I also happen to already be a person who was uh, fearless. I always take a lot of leaps of faith. And in my case, I was limited on resources as well. But as it turns out, determination is my superpower. And you put all those things together and you've got a recipe for someone who went from 2012 living in a hotel to having roommates to finally back to not having roommates. And it's been that way for the past few years, thankfully. And that is really great. For me, I think I learned that I am pretty tenacious Mm -hmm. now. Having moved up here made this big life change in just seven days and being able to survive and thrive mm-hmm. is not is not something to take lightly. At all. For me, yeah, people have always told me that I'm brave and I never really, you know, just kind of saw myself as that. I always just kind of see myself as, you know, I'm doing what's next like I'm doing what's natural like I got into grad school I'm moving to New York City obviously everybody's gonna be nervous but I'm still gonna go through with it I'm still gonna do it and even before then I'd done other programs I've lived in like DC for like a semester I'm pretty adaptable and for me I just know that taking a leap of faith is hard but sometimes you just have to take the leap Mm. And for what you want in life, because there's nothing worse than shoulda, woulda, couldas. Oh, shoulda, woulda, couldas are like little, <laughs> little lint in your pocket. And you just be wanting to get them out your pocket. Just get them out the way. Exactly. I'm a person. I don't want to have any regrets. I don't want to look back 20 years from now and say, I shoulda did this. I coulda did this. I even from moment to moment, I'm always thinking like, okay, am I where I want to be? Am I doing what I want to do? And the answer is yes. And that package may not always look how you expected it to look, but it never does. It never does. Exactly. But Mm -hmm. just keeping staying true to yourself and your vision and keep grinding and hustling because New York is a place where that work ethic will eventually pay off. It might take some time. Don't get me wrong. Mm-hmm. As we both know, being in media, we, we've had some tough, tough times and clearly we've lived with some very interesting strangers. <laughs> <laughs> I will leave you all with this. You have to pursue what is best for you. At the end of the day, every choice that you make will lead you to where you're trying to go. It also gives you space to kind of review where you are right now. Every decision that you make is putting you where you are right now, but the decisions that you make that are meant to put you and set you up for your future, those are the things that you want to lean into and having a comfortable space to do that 
can make all the difference. And on that note, thanks for listening to another episode of A Stranger Down the Hall. Subscribe to make sure that you catch all of our new episodes featuring our roommate horror stories, mishaps, misadventures, uh, <laughs> mysteries, um, <laughs> some of them unsolved. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Stranger Down the Hall is available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Google Podcasts. And please, please don't forget to connect with us on the socials, as we call it, at Stranger Down the Hall. All right. Bye, everyone. See you all soon in our hearts and our minds.